ओम श्री साई राम प्रशांति संदेश एपिसोड 193 देयर इज अ सेक्शन ऑफ पीपल हु फील दैट वी शुड हैव काइंड ऑफ अ काइंड ऑफ डिजायर फॉर इंटरनल थिंग्स such as spiritual and is not desirable to have external things in our mind in other words don't desire anything that is external and there's nothing wrong in desiring for the internal but desire is the same there is no distinction so don't divide desire don't say no more or worldly desires with me but the other world desire is there the other worldly desire is as worldly as any worldly desire desire is worldly so don't divide don't play tricks objects of desire are not significant desiring is significant you can desire wealth you can desire god desiring remains the same only the object has changed wealth at one time god at another time you can desire a palace yeah you can desire a palace in paradise objects have changed but the desire remains the same you can desire anything whatsoever desire will be the same remember this and with the desire you cannot attain realization desire has to be dropped so what to do really there's nothing to do you have to realize more and more that your desire creates suffering now this new desire is creating suffering before there were other desires you have left those desires so you feel discontentment you feel peaceful with life your relationships have become more loving because desires have disappeared from now be aware when there are desires in the field you are not content you are frustrated you are filled with jealousy anger hatred relationship was difficult it was suffering and misery now desire left that field that field has become peaceful now what happens become aware that now you are creating a new suffering a new suffering when this when will this enlightenment happen and unless it happens you cannot be content how can you be content unless you become a buddha so will i become buddha one buddhist nagarjuna 
is reported to have said that desire to become a Buddha is the greatest barrier to become a Buddha. Because unless you stop desiring to become a Buddha, you will not come to know that you are already a Buddha. See this. If you don't desire to be a Buddha, you will come to know that you are already a Buddha. This desiring dissolves and your Buddhahood appears. It is there. So now feel this new misery which is coming into being with the new desire. Every desire brings misery. There is nothing to be done. Simply become aware that every desire brings misery. If you realize this, desires will disappear. Internal or external, no desires are needed. When there is no desire, you have achieved. Then this very moment, this very moment is ecstasy. Then right here and now you have become the goal. There is no misery then, but don't make this distinction. Mind is so cunning, it goes on deceiving you. It says, okay, if worldly desires create misery, leave them. I will be content if non-worldly desires, I will be content with the non-worldly desires. So the object changes, but the desiring remains the same. So in this aspect, one has to be extra careful because the mind continues to be the same. It goes on changing objects, but the inner quality persists. So whether you call by any name, it makes no difference. So a desire for the outer or a desire for the inner is just a change of the object. The mind remains the same, drop it. As you drop the outer desire, you can drop the inner also. And you know now that just by dropping the outer, you are feeling a deep contentment with yourself. So why carry this new desire? Drop it also. When you drop all desire, you have become a paradise itself. Then you are the heaven. You are the moksha. With the desires, you are destroying it. With desires, you are so occupied, you cannot be in contact with your own deepest center, your own deepest depth. Therefore, Upanishadic sages had a positive approach towards life and that Buddha and Mahavira had a negative approach towards life. When the question may arise, what is your approach? Affirmation or negation of life? Which approach would you have your disciples take? Well, in fact, is not the approach that matters. The emphasis is not on the approach. The emphasis is on 
the disciple. So don't say that you should follow this or that wholesale. So decide for yourself whether you have a negative mind or a positive mind. If you have a positive mind, then follow the positive approach. If you have a negative mind, then follow the negative approach. And there are both types of people in this world. This uh, awareness, this understanding is absolutely necessary before we ask anything. And then we should also be aware that we need today a world religion, a world religion. Hinduism cannot be a world religion. Buddhism cannot be a world religion. Up till now, there exists no religion which can be called a world religion. Because every religion has, a religion chooses one approach. Whatsoever I am saying can be a world comprehensive thing because, because I don't choose any approach. As Swami said, he doesn't say, you follow this. You have this approach, he never says. I don't choose any approach for you. All approaches lead to the same goal. Umpteen number of examples Swami has given in this direction. The goal is important and the disciple who is to travel is important. The path is irrelevant. Remember, and both types exist. There is always a balance in nature. The nature sees to it that the balance is maintained. The same polarity exists between the positive mind and the negative. Whenever there is a positive mind, just by the side of it, there is a negative mind. And the number is always equal. So in the world, half are always Hindus and half are Buddhists. Or you can name it in another way, but half are positive persons and half are negative persons. So, Bhagwan does not say you follow this. He doesn't choose anything for you. No. And if anyone comes to him and asks, which is it? Which is right? Swami says both are right. Because both cannot exist separately. Their harmony is right. So which is right? Both are right because neither can exist without the other. Their harmony is right. That's why any, that's why statements seem to be so contradictory made by Swami at times because he is talking with a positive person then he has to make totally a different statements. Sometimes when he is talking to a disciple who is negative, then he has to make absolutely contradictory statement. As in when they meet, 
they'll be confused. So remember, whenever Bhagavan says something to you, it is said to you, don't listen to anybody. This is personal. Whenever Swami said anything, something to you, well, it is said to you. Please understand it. And if somebody says that I have said something contradictory to him, don't listen. Swami might have said it because to him approaches are not important. Persons are important to Swami. In fact, there is no fixed approach. When a different type of person comes to him, he immediately change, changes his approach. He always adjusts to the person. He never tries the reverse. He will never try to adjust the person with an approach because it is absurd. So, don't make ready-made clothes for you and then say, cut your legs a little because the dress. Bhagavan always cuts the dress according to measurements. When he feels that it doesn't suit you. The dress is wrong. You are never wrong. But there are bound to be many contradictions in Swami's statements. Yes, we can give you any number of examples. Well, they appear to be contradictory. But really they are meant for people with different states of mind, be that positive or negative. Both approaches are his. That's why he goes on talking about Buddha with as much love as he goes on talking about Patanjali or Lavotse or Jesus or Mahavira or Muhammad. Underlying principle being unity of religions. He cannot contain all Remember, that will help you to be less confused. Therefore, the world religion accommodates all. It does not specify in particular any single approach. This is very significant. I was also uh, thinking of this aspect. For example, Mahavira was in silence for 12 years. He would not speak. He would not go into villages. He would not see anybody. And when he started speaking, somebody asked him, why were you not speaking before? He said, speech becomes valuable only when you have attained silence. Otherwise, it is futile. Not only futile, dangerous also, because you are throwing rubbish into others' heads. So this was the effort of Mahavira. So this way, he would only talking about that which applies to you. When it comes to us, 
when the inner talk has disappeared and then we listen to Swami speaking within us, then it is no longer a hindrance. Sairam will fit later.